Welcome to Reality Quest. This episode is brought to you by Jay and Kelly's Brains, an instance <laughs> of hashtag thoughts on thoughts. And we will be reflecting on the episode with Gwyn Lee's. Uh, that would be episode nine on Forging Worlds. But this will be a mix for sure. We're going to like go back over some of the things that we talked about uh, that particular recording with her that we've been mulling over for the past six months because mm-hmm. it was a while ago. And then I think beyond that, we're just going to end up meandering into some other topics that are just interesting now. Yeah. So, I love it. Let's yeah. do it. Cool. This is episode 10, Thoughts on Thoughts. So, is it, Are we going to call it episode 10? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't we? Like, keep it. Such, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I almost just toppled Kelly's coffee. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, sure. I think, well, I mean, I think we should do them like you have each one as part of that same numeric progression, but like the topic or whatever the focus yeah, is could be different every time. I was thinking, like 9B. Yeah. It's going to be 9.5. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Forging Worlds with Gwynlees again. <laughs> Episode Z. Yes. Like, we'll, we'll do, it'll be alphanumeric yeah. for the in-between. That's going to be really confusing. Right. Okay, fine. Episode 10 it is. (laughs) (laughs) So the last six months, a lot of things have happened. We had recorded a ton of other episodes since talking with Gwen. Um, A lot's happened with Rec Room. Yeah. I think we've both had a lot more time to actually like dig in and do things in that space and just experience what it's like to to jump around with other people in VR. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. So I think we mentioned on the last episode, so we recorded that in about September Mm-hmm. And at that point, I don't, do you remember when the Quest actually came out? Uh, Let's say it was close it had, to then. It was not. It was shortly before then. Yeah, it had been a little. It had been a few months before that. I think. Right. I'm gonna look it up. So. Okay. Well, while you look that up, essentially, I re- like listening back on that. She was telling us about certain things in the Quest that now I'm very well aware of, and I feel like there there were so many things where I'm like, oh man, I want to rehab this conversation <laughs> with her now, yeah, because we've already learned so much since then. I think even at the time we had expressed that, like that we really needed to to have a part two or just I continuation, um, particularly after she'd spent more time on the economic side of things right. and trying to build that whole aspect. It's so crazy because I feel like in any in, with any guest, I feel like we could have them back on multiple times which is funny maybe that would get like really old for people but essentially just feels like everyone's learning constantly and it's almost like you want variety but then you could literally get so much variety out of just talking to the same people multiple times throughout the year because they're just dealing with different things that have evolved and started happening in the industry it's moving so quickly since then so to ha- jump yeah. back on the time, so Oculus right. Quest was released on May twenty first of twenty nineteen. Oh, yeah. So May... it, it had it had been okay. out for a few months at that right. point, but we didn't but it was have recent. one at the time because I had a Rift. I think you were working with other stuff, and so I only, yeah, I don't think I was using one at the time. I didn't have one yet. Right. Um, I think I got one shortly after that, though. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. around like October time frame. Right. Uh, it's funny because I actually, I was basically waiting um, for like a financial situation to change. Yeah. I was in between uh, jobs. Right. And so I was looking for something. And then I finally realized on, uh, I think it was early November 
Yeah, because I started November 18th. It would have been early November um, that I actually got the news that I passed all the interviews and they're like, yes, we want to hire you. Yeah. And uh, and I talked to them and then accepted the offer. And that day I immediately went to Best Buy and picked up a Quest because I... Yeah, because I had been waiting to do that for months. It well, just hadn't made sense. It's so funny because I remember that day because I was like, dude, you really need to like get one and we yeah. should, so we can talk about more things. And then uh, you sent me a picture of one and I was so confused because we had talked <laughs> that morning or right. something like that or yeah. that night. And I was like, there is no way Amazon is that fast. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Amazon Fresh now delivers right. Oculus Quests. Yeah. <laughs> you literally went into a brick and mortar store. Yeah. Yeah, which it was, I don't do that very often. I think yeah. that maybe happens a couple times a year these days. Yeah. Which is just speaks to the how ubiquitous <laughs> shipping and online shopping has become right, since. Yeah. 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 Um, it's funny. So I was just talking with uh, somebody I used to work with and in uh, consulting, and he was messaging me. So he sent me a picture of the, essentially a bunch of headsets in like a conference room. And he was mm -hmm. like, which headset is this? Um, and so we were texting back and forth about it. Apparently what they had done is they were setting them up for some training where I think they were putting them in some sort of interview experience. I don't know. I'll have to ask him okay. more details about it because I'm actually very curious with how large companies like PwC are implementing VR for training. Right. Oh, because this was like a, a consulting firm. Yeah, that you'd work that, with. that's my understanding is I think I, I gathered that he was at a training for like Okay. You know, for people who are in leadership positions who are interviewing a lot and they were trying to or maybe it was for something else like empathy building. I don't know. I'll get the details and come back with it. But mm -hmm. either way, they had a bunch of headsets. I mean, it looked like it looked like it was going to be a very large training session and every single person had one. Oh, wow. Right. And so okay. I was fascinated by that. Also excited. I mean, that's really cool to see that. Uh, mm -hmm. And so. But he was asking me, which headset is this? And it's funny because I feel like we do try to keep people in, you know, in the loop with everything, but haven't really explained much about which headsets are which. And right. I don't really like want to get into too much detail because I think what we're going to do is do a separate episode that's about uh, the basics. Yes. And that, that's but, the, the double noob episode. <laughs> right. The double noob <laughs> dedicated to Scott, who's the one who was messaging me this picture. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, the reason I bring that up is because we're talking about Quest a lot. And so the reason Quest was such a big deal and that Gwen brought it up and we're talking about it now is because it was the first standalone done by Oculus that basically which made, is a Facebook company right yeah. um, it was the first headset that was like affordable and standalone that essentially really like that was adopted by way more people and made it easier to to just like pop on your headset and not plug it into a bunch of computers right I'm it, being like a just, bit hesitant yeah. in the sense that I know that Microsoft made standalone headsets before then there's there's been other devices that were standalone long before that right but it was the first one it's really the first one that kind of gives you a really compelling vr and immersive experience yeah it's capable of room scale has like that six degrees of freedom right um like adjustable ipd or that distance between your eyes the inner pupillary distance yeah all of those things kind of built into a headset that then also has uh, inside out tracking so you can hold these two motion controllers move around your room and it tracks everything that you're doing 
in a way that just feels pretty natural and doesn't take a bunch of setup. You just put it on and right. then map you out don't your space. need to plug. It's mobile, so you yeah. don't need to plug into a computer. Even though now they're coming out with ways uh, to be able to also have the the depth of a computer driven yeah. experience. It's a it's a very it's a much smaller audience that's actually going to make use of those features. Right. Uh, but yeah, it is. They have since I think in it was in October uh, or no. Not October. It was. It would have been in November or December. They I believe announced that the they, link in October. Yeah, it's yeah, just which you can the, plug the, it into a more powerful computer. Yeah. Um, so for people who don't know much about that, I mean, the Quest is really worth looking into, and it's essentially like what you should buy now because yeah. for somebody who, I mean, you do essentially if you want to have just like under like really experience VR in the easiest way. Quest is the way to do that. If you go anywhere that is standalone mobile but lower, such as the Go or something like that, which I think they're not even really producing anymore, you don't get um, anything more than three degrees of freedom, which just means that essentially you can just like pan your head around, but you don't have any depth where you can walk into the experience and like move around within it. So it's super, super limited. And so um, the Quest is really what you want to have true VR experience. Now, the only limitations are that... It just like anything mobile, if you compare a video game on your computer or on a console uh, to something like a mobile game, you on just phone, don't get as yeah. much detail because there are limitations, there are computational limitations with what it can process. Yeah. And so, but that doesn't really, you won't notice that in t- unless you basically see what you're missing. So let's say you play um, like moss one of my favorite games Uh, in the quest and then you go and play it in the rift well you're going to notice more details in the water you're going to you know you you see what's taken away from you a side-by-side comparison but you wouldn't notice that by just playing around in the quest there's a lot of things you can do and it's definitely the way to go Mm -hmm. um so anyways that's like my quick quick tutorial on the whole quest and all that stuff because it recently came up in this text conversation about them using those headsets and because we were talking about getting familiar with it anyways okay cool enough of that enough of that kind of semi-boring stuff (laughs) (laughs) i did i did take the quest home with me over the holidays yeah i mean well right we actually talked about this in in one of the intros for a previous episode where we had this whole experience of trying to connect from over distance Yes. Like in Rec Room and then in Alt Space. Yeah. Um, and just had problems with general bandwidth. Right. Um, but I, there were some other elements of that whole experience of bringing it home and, and sharing it with the family in various ways uh, that were really interesting. My mom, Ooh. yeah, yeah. My mom, for one, hadn't actually tried like a really compelling VR experience yet. What had she tried before? Um, the school had basically, because she's a biology teacher. Okay. So she's a perfect candidate for someone in education. Mm, totally. In public education. Magic school bus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's uh, Mrs. Miss Mrs. Frizzle. Miss Frizzle, right. That's your mom. <laughs> oh, God. Did you see, have you ever seen that meme? Um, <laughs> there was one episode where she takes the students out to Pluto, like the the minor planet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pluto. <laughs> I, I love how you know that's what it's called now because I feel like I'm like I can't keep up the drama of Pluto. I know because yeah. it was nine planets. So is the it literally we is that up. the latest? It's called a minor planet. Uh, I'll have to double check. I remember or... seeing a thing that was like, oh, it's not a planet. Oh wait, it's a planet again. Oh God, uh, what is the status of Pluto as a planet? I, I love this. <laughs> uh, it is a minor okay. planet. Yeah. <laughs> it's an icy dwarf mean? on the Kuiper belt. The, the Kuiper, I, I believe that's how you spell it, it's, or say it, it's K-U-I-P-E-R. 
or sounded, like sounded like it could be Cooper, but Cooper okay. kind of I okay. don't know, just seems like the right thing. Anyways, yeah, everybody knows Pluto is the ninth <laughs> planet for the longest time, and now it's a minor planet. It looks like it's still officially a minor planet. I feel like now I just have a million questions about minor planets, but uh, and like how are there others? You know, and like did, how does Pluto feel about being a minor planet? <laughs> I think that there are a number of other minor planets out beyond Pluto. And so that was part of why they, like, they kept on discovering smaller planets uh. that were still close in size. I think it, Pluto is the ninth largest that is outside of our solar system if you include all of the planets around the sun. Is that how they define but, a planet? By how large it is? Uh, I mean, it seems well, discriminatory. <laughs> Well, I mean, at some point you do have to say, hmm, well, this looks more like, like an asteroid. It's like, what's the difference between a mountain and a hill kind of thing? Right, right. Yeah. So, okay. like, that, that's us just drawing arbitrary lines. I guess, like, what's the difference between a speck of dust and the Earth? Oh, whoa. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that speck of dust could have a whole biome of bacteria on it. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, fine. Anyways, yeah. where were we? So, Miss Frizzle in the meme. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So Miss Frizzle takes the class out to Pluto when it was still the ninth planet in the solar system. Yeah. And they get out of the magic school bus and they're all sitting there like hanging out. And for some reason, I think they visited all of the planets at this point. And so they're about ready to go back home. Yeah. And you know the, the twins that have the like really frizzy red hair? Uh, I don't remember that much okay. detail. Well, I remember that Miss Frizzle had frizzy red hair. Miss Frizzle had... Frizzly hair. Frizzly. <laughs> Hence the but, name. Yeah. Yes, but but there were these two twins uh, that would always kind of, they were always at each other's throats and like yeah. fighting and whatnot. Um, and they were arguing with one another. And then one of them was like, I'm going to prove a point basically because, you know, just it's going to, I'm going to win the argument basically. I'm just going to take my head, my, uh, my helmet off yeah. to prove that you can't breathe out here or whatever. <gasps> How dramatic. The, he literally like dies for a second. Oh my like, god! I don't, I don't most, remember these. Shows I know you gotta like, like go look it up in YouTube <laughs> on the YouTubes. Okay. But um, literally, his head turns into an icicle, like <gasps> literally just a helmet-shaped icicle. And then they take him back into the bus really fast. He's dead. He's like straight up just frozen solid. And then he pops back up, and he's he just happens to be alive, but he's got like a, a warmer like bag on his head in the classroom like oh, a few my days later gosh <laughs> Our, so like i don't remember explicitly that moment coming up in my childhood yeah. or like acknowledging realizing that's what happened but i definitely remember that episode whoa and looking back Did at it like it, scar you or something because you have a pretty strong memory of it well i watched the video if you watch okay. this video you'll you'll it'll what's all come the back, meme but. then because you said it, there was a meme uh, I don't. Or were you just saying? I mean, the the video just became a meme again. Like, oh, the fact I see. It, it started making rounds on Reddit that uh, that they that the, you, does anybody remember that one time the magic school bus actually killed someone? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so awesome, and it makes me wonder. I'm like, what can you watch? Because I actually, magic school bus was one of the first things that came to mind for me in terms of what VR could do. Because right. like a lot of things came out immediately that was like, oh, check out the inside of the body. And I remember when yeah. in one of those episodes, they go through the inside of a body. And you're like literally swimming through veins. Right. And, and I'm like, this is amazing because the, uh, <laughs> I remember this is actually hilarious. I went to a hackathon mm. and I was like, uh, you know what I really want to do? I would love to just like do the magic school bus in VR. And of course, like <laughs> I'm like just learning. And I remember specifically that one of the guys running the hackathon just mm. looked at me in this very just kind of like 
you know, okay, honey kind of way. Yeah. And was just like, you might need to like talk with Scholastic about that. And I was like, don't ruin my dreams. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, anyways, love the magic school bus. Okay, so the reason I brought all of that up <laughs> is because your mom is like Miss Frizzle, right? So right. what, so you had said she, her only experience with VR was in the classroom or something like that? Yeah. So her school basically ordered this box set of Viewmasters, which is a headset that you essentially, I think it comes with these generic Android phones. Okay. And you can get them in package deals that are relatively economic for educational yeah. purposes. My guess is they're just like, they certainly don't have uh, uh, six degrees of freedom. Right? No, yeah. no, no, no. It's, it's not, which when you're talking to somebody that is that is not in this space and does not think about what it means to like develop an experience in VR or all of the different technical aspects of, of an HMD that, that matter in yeah. actually making a, a, a sort of evocative experience that just brings you in saying that something doesn't have six degrees of freedom or, or whatever, it doesn't actually mean anything. Right. Literally, like that, that, that literally seems like just a bullet item. Like what's the difference between a headset that doesn't have, yeah, they have to like it experience it what? to understand, right? Yeah, like why why does that matter? It's it's not obvious. Um, it's so like. <laughs> sorry, I'm stretching. <laughs> I'm sorry, you thought you were pointing across Jay's the room with know. your toe at the wall, like look over there. <laughs> Jay got really distracted because I'm trying to stretch my leg like in his face as he's talking, but I have like a really bad There's back, and so I'm just gonna be stretching while we're talking. I mean, just let's go with it. Just gonna, we're gonna record and do yoga at the same that, time. Honestly, it's yeah. kind of what I need right now. So, okay, so do it. Go with. Anyways, it. okay. View so, masters, they yeah. suck. View- whatever. <laughs> Your mom, <laughs> your mom's like, I don't know. She didn't, this she is didn't actually purchase these. Okay. Uh, to be fair, too. Um, oh yeah, no. I, I think just, I think yeah. she would have she would have been like, hey, do you know anything about these? Because she usually does that with this kind of stuff. Right. Um, but the school just happened to have bought these at some point in the last couple of years. Okay. Um, so they had a stock of them in the library. So she pulled these out and started using them in some classroom experiments. To as a result of listening to these episodes. Yeah. So. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, Here is a direct heck, effect yes. of Reality Quest <gasps> is 30 kids or something wow. got to go on these expeditions in Google. Uh, in Google Expedition or Tours or one of those okay. experiences where they actually just travel to different places. Yeah. Um, and she said they really liked it. She also had some feedback about specific things like uh, the kids were getting a little bit, some of them were getting a little bit nauseous or whatever. Yeah. Or feeling yeah. kind of uncomfortable totally. after about 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe it's probably because there's no IPD adjustment or like that, that inner pupillary distance totally on these kinds of headsets. And even super when cheap. there is, it, that doesn't necessarily, it definitely doesn't keep you from feeling nauseous. Right. You're still not in the six, the six DOF difference matters a lot because it means that you can actually move your head around right. in the space rather than being a, like static in a central location. Right. So that you can spin around or look up and down in the environment, but if you lean forward with your head, you won't actually see that movement response in the experience. And all of a sudden, your inner ear gets confused and your brain feels sick totally. because your physical movement in reality does not match what you're seeing. Right, which is why I imagine that's really hard for kids because when we did, like we had a 
um, experience that we created for a museum and we had to use Oculus Go's, which were our three degrees of freedom. And so right. the ideal is you you want people to sit in a spinning chair. Mm -hmm. And the reason is like, yeah, you can look around and you can see depth, but you can't, uh, you don't want to move forward and back. And so right. you want people to sit, but just a lot of people will just like on their own, they'll just mm -hmm. stand with a headset on. And if you stand any type of movement back and forth, to your point, is going to get thrown off a bit. But yeah. a lot of people don't know the difference between these headsets and just expect to be able to move in whatever direction they want mm -hmm. and won't realize that that will make them sick. So yeah. anyways, yeah. So the feedback was a little bit of that. Yeah. So I was I was determined to bring home a headset to actually show like something that's more capable. Yeah. Um, and so the Quest was a perfect example of that. I took it back on the holiday um, and I, I shared it with my mom. And mm -hmm. I also shared it with my grandmother yeah. and my little brother, who loved it. Um, he, he was playing the uh, the Vader Immortal yeah, experience, nice. um, which he, he freaking was so into that because he's been really into Star Wars lately. Mm -hmm. But um, my mom was a big fan of this just from the – she, she did the whole intro experience that we were talking about with Gwyn. Where you jump in there and you like fire off those little rockets oh, and like yes. throw balls around yes. and control the little uh, remote control blimp. Yep. And then you jump in and uh, you do the little like arcade style shooter thing. And then there's the you dance around you with dance this robot. With the robot. Yeah, it was so awesome watching her actually like get into that because yeah. she was laughing to herself as she was doing this. As did uh, I. I mean, yeah. it was really hard for me to listen back to that episode and hear Gwen talk about that dancing robot because mm -hmm. I had now that I've experienced that robot mm -hmm. since then, I had so much to say because I, yeah. I was and that she kind of said it and like, you know, in passing and we moved on. And now I realized that whole experience that you're talking about is amazing. Their yeah. intro experience and the dancing robot in particular mm -hmm. really got me because I can already envision what your mom was going through, which is you look kind of like an, a dopey do as you're like, you yeah. know, I'm sure like from the <laughs> outside, but I was just like giggling and dancing with this robot because essentially like for people who haven't experienced it to give you a sense, it's like you're, it sounds so simple that you're dancing with a robot, right. but I think what's interesting is that this robot essentially extends a hand to you and says, like, hey. dance with me. And then it will say something like, spin me yeah, and, and yeah. it's very intuitive you essentially just kind of yank on their arm and they do a dance spin right because you're you're using your hands you're right. using controllers there's like grip buttons and stuff so right. that when you naturally go out to reach and grab the hand it just you feel it it's pretty yeah. natural right and and it's funny because it is intuitive and realistic to a certain point in the sense, like you're saying, it's just like what you would kind of imagine. You don't really need directions. Your body kind of understands how to do it. Right. It might take you a second to figure out what, what it's asking. Yeah, what does the robot want? Right. But once you do that, it feels really natural and you don't need to think through it. So it's not really a puzzle. It's just like an emotional experience. Yeah. And also, but what's I think even more fun is it takes it a step further, which is, yes, it is like real life but then when you spin him he spins in a way that no human would really spin right yeah, so it, it kind feels of kind of ridiculous right but it gives you these goofy. like amazing magical powers as if you get to dance the way animated characters might dance just yeah. like kind of have have that flair and that um excessive quality that yeah. you obviously wouldn't have if i spun really you exaggerated movements stretchy right. limbs yeah it was it was really interesting it's like you're dancing with gumby yes. for a little bit um i've feel like that experience also stood out to me because it was the only one that was part of that intro onboarding 
that had something else in it that felt like it had agency. Mm-hmm. You are suddenly in front of this entity, this robot thing, a character. It's got yeah. facial expressions and it looks at you and it wants you to do something. And you're right. you're just sitting there feeling, uh, you're oh you're you're looking at me. Um, right. I have oh okay well I guess let's dance right. and oh you want me to spin you cool all right whoa this is ridiculous right um, and you you feel a little bit weird too because part of you knows that you're in this experience and that it's not actually real but then the other part of you at least for me was just enjoying having this sort of imaginary uh, you know like spin around with this robot totally and, I mean I I. It totally cracked me up and I loved the robot. And then I think what's hilarious about that experience is at the end of it all, the song ends Mm -hmm. and then he just goes, okay, like, thanks. Do you want to dance again? And he (laughs) extends his arm out. I danced with him like 10 times until finally there was no, there was no ending. It was just like, hey, cool. Do you want to dance again? Yeah. And the thing is, like, with his big bug eyes and all of that stuff, and it's fun, you're almost like, you're okay, room. I don't want to, like, disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> so, finally, I just uh, had to be like, too nice. <laughs> I just had to be like, no, I don't want to dance again. Like, I have to go. I just can't dance here all night. <laughs> and I'm, like, talking to this robot who obviously isn't hearing anything I'm saying. And then, um, and I think. I mean, it could be. You don't know. Yeah, well, I think what's funny is they could have taken that a step further to have you be like, no thanks, and have him be like, wah, wah, mm. like, okay, I guess I'll just wait here for the next person. He just like turns around person. and yeah. slinks off into the dark. Oh, that would be sad. Can you imagine? But that's how much they could pull. They had the yeah, power to do that, totally, to pull on your emotions, totally which I think is really, really fascinating to make yeah. you feel like, oh my God, I can't abandon this robot in this dance room. Yeah. Um, anyway, so your mom had a similar, she was really like excited it. by it. Yeah. She loved yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so I, I showed her that. I also took her through a bunch of the different passive experiences that mm-hmm. you can do in, oh gosh, what is it called? Where the the consciousness or conscious oh, existence yes. and uh, a few others like that. They're, they're, they're 360 experiences. So they're not necessarily interactive, but you just kind of well, Go the conscious them. existence, I'm butchering that name, but that one isn't just, mm, I wouldn't call that 360 because you are, I, uh, no, you're right. It well, is 360. I mean, you you can look, you can't move. You can't move, you're right. You can't move around, but you can look in all directions and there's stuff happening all around but you. But it's not 360 video. So no, no, it's not filmed. right. I guess I just want to distinguish between that because 360 video gets a kind of a bad reputation Oh yeah, no. You know, it's a it's a fully rendered experience. It's a fully rendered experience that is passive and where you don't have agency and you don't move around. Right. It is an experience where you just kind of sit there and look around and soak in the environment as things happen and transform around you. Right. What is that platform called, though? You, it's an app in the Quest. Oh, it is. That there's an app you like you go into this app called like launch or something, um, and there's a bunch of different 360 experiences. Oh, oh, oh in it. I know what you're talking about. It's yeah. um, within, it is within, um, or a journey within. So it was one of the apps that you could get for the Oculus Quest, and mm-hmm. it has a bunch of different experiences. One of which was conscious existence, yeah, yeah, which is a very kind of almost psychedelic, trippy sort of uh, sort of journey through. Going from the womb almost, Mm -hmm. you're floating around in amniotic fluid, which is interesting. And then that turns into these transforming environments and spaces that 
go from like galaxies and nebula into these spanning mountainous scenes yeah. and thunderstorms in the clouds. And it's just, it, it was insane. Right. My so, grandmother yeah. and I think my grandmother and my mom both like each experiencing it separately almost cried as they were going through this. Oh, so it was, I feel that. Yeah. yeah. I experienced that one um, at Tacoma Film Festival uh, and I remember like it was it, it it totally does kind of take your breath away in that sense. And the reason I love that so much is it's a great example of a passive experience, which means mm. a lot of people argue that for VR, if you don't have agency, if it's not interactive, like get out of here, essentially. <laughs> and yeah, there's I just, no room for a film equivalent. Right. And I just disagree because I think that not everyone wants to put in a lot of effort. They want to be entertained. And sometimes yeah. you want to put action into that and be puzzled or uh, explore. And sometimes yeah. you just want to sit back and be entertained and ex and feel something. I mean, kind of how... I always talk about uh, roller coasters mm -hmm. and how a lot of my inspiration for VR experiences and education came from mm. that kind of immersion within mm. like Disney yeah. roller coasters and immersive experiences. You're not doing anything. It's right. taking you through something. It's an experience on the rails. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. And I think that there you can do a lot with that without forcing people to interact in some way. Right. Um, and Conscious Existence was a great example of that. Um, we can link to that. So I'm looking it up right now. So first of all, just to like be clear, so within is essentially like I'm going to butcher this, but it's like a publishing app. Essentially, they're an aggregator where they they take or a distributor where they take a lot of passive 360 experiences that are created by others. And they essentially like can take that in to be a part of their general they have a, brand. They keep a collection of right. experiences together. Right. And this one is called Conscious Existence, A Journey Within. But that a journey within and then also on the app happens to be called within which yes. has been around for a while now thanks for clarifying yeah that. um but <laughs> we can we'll actually link to this in this episode's notes on our website because i mean it's definitely not the same but if you don't have a headset and you want to just get a sense of what we're talking about you can watch um various things like, like trailers and version. the 360 version right where you can kind of spin around <clears throat> and it's probably cool to check out some of those yeah. things like that so yeah, it is it the analogy that Gwen made of it being kind of like watching a movie trailer on the radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it definitely is very comparable to that. When you see something through the frame but you can't actually jump into it. I know, it's just not the same. No. But at no. least you at least it provides some sort of visual with what we're talking about if mm -hmm. you're curious about it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I always like to check out if let's say something's like only on the Vive and I don't have a Vive, I might just want to be like, well, I want a sense of what it's like. And it, I know right. it's not the same, but it's still worth at least being able to see it that way. Yeah, I mean, it gives you, it does give you a small window into the experience. So you can decide right. whether it's something you're interested in or not. Right. And then like maybe the it would inspire book, you to be like, I really want to <laughs> just disappear into that world. And so I got to go out and buy a headset. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That's so you actually, showed that stuff to your family. Yeah. Basically, everyone in my family really liked it. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about getting my mom. A quest, actually. Oh, I have been thinking about. So. I want to get. Oh, sorry. I'm like, sorry. I'm trying to stretch out again. <laughs> Don't know what I, to do with my body. I just feel like if I if I were to get her one, um, then I could, I could more often jump into things like Rec Room yep. or Alt Space yeah. with her. Uh, my dad is my dad's looking to get one too. Yeah. Actually, these last couple episodes, he's been talking to me about like, hey, you know, what is a good 
uh, headset to look into or get. Yeah. I'm really feeling like I want to start, you know, just messing around with this more. Yeah. So he's probably going to get one soon. So exciting. So both my parents um Way to on go. separate coasts so that's a that's a big deal <laughs> it is you know i this whole like talking about rec room and social experiences both like recently we've talked about that and obviously mm-hmm. we've had a couple episodes about it uh really made me think about how much i want to get my sister one who's on the east coast right. because i mean it's hard like i don't think my mom <laughs> i love bringing up my mom on like every episode <laughs> <laughs> hey mom i i don't think she would make the time to really get in a headset and sh- and she just kind of doesn't want to deal with it right but um maybe it down the line when it becomes like a bit more it's still there are still some barriers when you get in the headset that you need to figure out that i think yeah. she just probably it would end up collecting dust mm-hmm. but i think there's a way where i could convince my sister to get into one um especially because she at least has like her husband who has his own headset. Like he, I feel like he could help her. And, um, and I really want like all I've ever wanted besides it's funny. Cause we were just talking about that magic school bus experience. And I don't know which one came first, the me wanting the magic school bus or this other one, but I have this, <laughs> this dream project of that. I call spice girl tea party. Have what? I told you about this? <laughs> no, I've never heard of this. I really want to create something where you can go in and basically have a tea party and decide which Spice Girl you are. And so it's like of all the Spice, all the Spice Girls are getting together having a tea party. Okay. Uh, or like drinking wine or something like that, right? Like you can <laughs> have whatever like, beverage you want. Yeah, the tea yeah. party would expand. Like the it would be like the first version would just be tea. Just be but tea. Then, <laughs> and then <laughs> there are alternative then it would beverages. Expand, yeah. And uh, and you just like choose like oh are you sporty spice are you like which spice girl are you and then you get to be that spice girl and hang out with each other right and I just want to do that with all my long distance family and friends okay so this would just be a space where they all inhabit avatars yeah that are the spice so, like girls. get in there and you're like yeah I'm feeling a uh, little posh today or I'm gonna be ginger spice or I always want to be ginger spice <laughs> yeah I mean that makes sense. <laughs> Cause yeah, cause my ginger hair, which is yeah. not natural, but that's okay. <laughs> I feel you've that's had me. it for so long that it's people think I'm a redhead now. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, your eyebrows give it away. If yeah, you yeah. Pay attention, but. right. Anyway, so yeah, me being ginger spice would solve all of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Anyways, in VR, yeah. you can be ginger spice. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I would need to get like some some like approval by the Spice Girls. This is, this is gonna yeah, take time. Yeah, be licensed. And yeah, everything. again, It'd I just keep wanting all paid. these right. But maybe I could do like I could call it Spice Girls with a Y, and like with a like Spice 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 Girls, and also Girls would be like with a Y, and so it would Spice be Spice or like G U R L S. Yeah, and it would be like a little girls. off brand, and you could be like instead of um, posh, I don't know, it would just be like. <laughs> Pish, but I couldn't think of a I couldn't think of a good alternative off the top of my head. Instead of ginger know, spice, it would be like turmeric, J- or <laughs> turmeric, parsley <laughs> spice. <laughs> you could just name them after it is actual. It's kind of funny now that I'm thinking about it. They were called the Spice Girls, but only one of them was, was an actual spice. Spi- well, yeah, like ginger, nobody nobody puts a little spice. posh in their stew. <laughs> You don't. You don't use that to uh, to season your your right. coffee. Or so your, maybe your mine would be latte. called Spice Girls, and it would actually be spices. Yeah, and then I wouldn't have to worry about spices. Yeah, then you'd have no licensing issues right. because it'd be like nutmeg spice. 
and right, you yeah. just come up with a, an avatar persona that Nutty seems to spice. match. And Nutty spice. And just be like... <laughs> <laughs> is it like powdered peanut butter i don't know but i was just trying to make it like so you have a personality because like sporty yeah. sporty and nutty would Sport, be like you're yeah, crazy yeah. yeah or like gingy gingy spice there you go what is, is gingy well it's just ginger without the er so it wouldn't be <laughs> i think i feel like that's different enough that you wouldn't like get sued it really boring and instead of sporty it'd be like athletic spice <laughs> <laughs> red-haired spice oh my god <laughs> Intramural spice. <laughs> baby, baby spice would be like <laughs> younger aged spice. Adolescent spice? Is that In- infantile spice? Pre- oh no. gosh, no, this is no. <laughs> this is just a bad idea. I think I think do alternative actual spices as names for yeah. avatars that are vaguely representative of the actual Spice Girls. Yeah. Right. And I think you'll be safe from any yeah. lawsuits. Anyways, yeah. So if you guys want to donate to my Kickstarter. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> for Spice or tea, Spice. Dude, spice Girls. Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, it was Spice Girls Tea Party. Tea Party. Yeah. yeah. Spice Girls Tea Party. Okay. That's going to happen. I can't wait. I'll let you guys know when it's ready. <laughs> when, when the money starts rolling <laughs> and in. you and your family can join in. <laughs> then uh, I mean, all, all the parents Tell can. me you wouldn't want to feel the feeling of having a tea party with your friends as Spice Girls. I mean, come on. Yeah, I think. And I, the Spice Girls would be playing in the background maybe, but like really <laughs> weird like karaoke versions that I can afford or something. <laughs> to buy without the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, ju- it's just the instrumental tracks. It's just me singing in the background. <laughs> If you want to be my lover. And somebody like beatboxing. <laughs> uh, Anywho. Is, so. Okay. <laughs> so I look forward to eventually being able to jump into these experiences with my dad or my mom and mm-hmm. my little brother. Yeah. And, and be able to kind of do stuff with them from across the country because they're either down at the south end of the United States or on the east coast. And I'm up here in the northwest. Yeah. So. But that mm. is a really good segue into uh, the fact that over the past few months, Forrest and I, my best friend Forrest, mm-hmm. who is in Connecticut, um, he and I have jumped into a number of uh, rec room and alt space situations and just had a few little adventures and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so that's actually been really fun. Um, we did like a this sort of synth wavy uh, themed experience in Rec Room Ooh. a couple months ago that was that was pretty intense but also really fun. Okay. Yeah, they, we're we're both stubborn though. Yeah. The, the only problem with all of this is that we we've been pretty determined to just keep doing the natural like movement rather than teleporting around. So you can't do it for too long. I'm so glad you say that because I took off my teleporting and mm-hmm. I yeah it's it's a struggle. It's yeah, a struggle. I, we talked about this with Gwen on the episode. Right. I mean, there it's, is. It a, doesn't matter what experience you're doing. It's just like, like it could be that Wrath of the Gods or whatever right. thing that's on the Oculus yeah. Store. It's just anytime you're sliding through right. the environment. Which is not okay. I, I, I'm glad you brought this up because I feel like I've always been nervous to talk about getting na- uh, nauseous because. If our goal is to spread the VR love, like the last thing we want <laughs> right. to say is like, by the way, you just like it might knock you out for a right. couple of hours. I, I projectile vomit 30 <laughs> minutes after starting <laughs> this experience. But it's I okay. Think, I just clean it up afterwards and right. then it's worth it. <laughs> right. So there's so there's a couple of things I want to say to that end. So one is 
there's plenty of experiences out there that don't make you sick whatsoever, especially yeah. those passive ones. Those are great. Like, Definitely. don't feel anything. Um, and the ones that there are some uh, on the other side of the spectrum, there mm. are some that are uh, poorly made. And right. um, and those like just destroy you mm -hmm. and you accidentally watch it and then you have to lay on your beanbag for hours <laughs> and just let the migraine right sort of fade just, back <laughs> lay on your giant beanbag. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just guessing that might happen. <laughs> right. I mean, I've definitely had this feeling before you get in there yeah. and you you slog through the experience and like maybe it was really cool, but it Which also is why wasn't. you slog through it. You're like, I got to finish yeah, you're it. Like, oh, yeah. this is this is enjoyable, but also really painful. Right. Oh, right yeah. I, now I feel crappy. Um, but right. like it's very we're still there's so much experimentation going on. Right. I feel like that there's still lots of experiences out yeah. there that it's very easy to, to have a poor uh, time to, yeah. to, to get really sick while you're going through it and and not really come away with a positive impression right um yeah totally and then there's the ones that the like these in the middle somewhere in the middle experiences mm -hmm. and i think rec room and like any social space has this anything where you can like move around and it's well done mm -hmm. but you're it's still you still have to move around whether that's teleportation which is like you're choosing a spot and reappearing right. there even that can get you after a while kind of sick. And then it the does, joysticky yeah. version where you're moving around. The, um, the joysticky yeah. aspect, I feel like, is it's it's just that we are trying to directly recreate the experience of being first person in yeah. a video game, a traditional right. two-dimensional screen-based yeah. video game. Because it just feels really unnatural having spent most of my life playing games like Skyrim or Halo or Minecraft or mm -hmm. whatever – um, just moving through an environment like you're running through it. You're not. Yeah. You're not hopping through the space like a teleportation. Right. Right. Uh, like the teleporting situation is with a lot of these. But that was kind of the the current necessity to make it so that you don't get nauseous from that <laughs> yeah. that difference between movement from your inner ear and what you're actually doing, which is just right. standing still. I feel like teleportation, as you're saying that, for people who haven't done it, it's like imagine if every time you had to move, you had to do like a really like a long jump <laughs> but as soon as you jump you just appear at the place where you would have landed. right like it's not as physically strenuous but it's just like you have to kind of like recenter yourself that would be horrific like turn in the right direction and then like prep yourself and be like whoa you yeah know? like if we were all just leapfrogs if exactly. we all had to just look okay i'm gonna land 20 right. feet over there <laughs> Yeah, and, and then it's always go, like slightly off. Yeah. yeah, and you're just like, uh, and then when you want to go really close, you're like, you're not quite there, but you 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 just want to do a mini jump. Like it just makes it hard, which yeah. is why it's so much easier to do this joy joysticky. You know the technical term for it, joysticky. Right. <laughs> smooth smooth transition through the environment. I don't know what the technical <laughs> term for that is. The smooth joysticky movement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> joysticky navigation. Yeah, right, right. A lot of people like doing. I mean it. It's it's conducive to a more um, it, it it's advantageous in certain settings to be able to move around smoothly. Yeah. And then in others, it's a, a disadvantage and it's unfair to be in the same space if there's a competition element there with people that are teleporting oh. when you're using smooth movement. So you could be in VR, yeah. particularly with a, a, a platform like Rec Room that is cross-platform, meaning some people are on mobile, some people are on desktop, some people are in a headset. Yeah. When you're in a headset, maybe you're doing teleporting. So you're just blinking into existence in that spot, and then you blink into existence 30 feet from there. Mm -hmm. And then you uh, phase 30 feet to another spot. 
And if you compare what that is like in something like paintball mm. in Rec Room to someone that's actually using a gamepad or a joystick to move around, like that's problematic because that's a huge advantage over people that have to actually move through the space. Yeah, it makes sense. In a physically reasonable right. way. Uh, so I don't, I don't know exactly how they've been sort of handling the differences there and if they kind of cordon those different groups into different game modes. Yeah, interesting. Um, because it seems like it just wouldn't be competitively reasonable right. to have them all in the same space. Well, and even if they make those, like, you know, if they distinguish those rules, it's just going to keep changing because I think locomotion is one of the biggest areas for improvement. Yeah. And um, and that's going to be a variety of things, whether that's uh, just literally I mean, we talked about honestly, I'm starting to lose track of when. But at some point recently, I told you about the under presents and how you pull yes. the environment towards you. Yep. And I didn't get sick that way at all. And I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, which is really interesting because even in the Vader Immortal experience, when you do that going up a ladder mm. or climbing a wall or anything like that. Yeah. You don't. It doesn't feel weird to move smoothly, right. Because you are because pulling you're yourself. Your arms. What okay, is so that? I don't know, but okay, I felt this way really early on because uh-huh. I noticed that there was this game somebody did at a hackathon that I loved so much, where you are, and I'm hoping that I'm not repeating myself. It's always hard to like. I'm like, have I told this story before? But whatever. <laughs> yeah. Has it been mentioned in a previous? Right. Episode? Whatever. I'm just gonna go for yeah. it. So essentially, these girls, this like amazing team, made this this experience where you're an alien inside of a giant human's body and um you're trying to pretend like kind of like uh men in blackish yeah and uh (laughs) and you you're in a grocery store and you're trying to not give yourself away that you're an alien oh (laughs) that you're like six aliens inside of one human body, right and so it's (laughs) you and the the grocery store clerk right and the grocery store clerk is very suspicious of you. <laughs> and the whole game is to try and get through it without him, the grocery store clerk, throwing yeah. you out because he's caught you, that you are, you're you're suspicious. Right. And the way you know that you're getting close or not to, you know, to getting thrown out is that the clerk has like three versions of emotion and his eyebrows just keep like going down oh, and see, down and down. You're like looking back at him every now right, and then. Right. And he's check. like, hmm, you know, mm, and just looks yeah. like angrier and angrier. Yeah, it's like it's the suspicion meter. Right. And what you're <laughs> supposed to do is go shopping and try to put these like giant things of fruit in a shopping cart. But you, you have you have like really little control of your arms and you keep just kind of like accidentally knocking a, like a bunch of... Gra- <laughs> Your arms are flailing across right, the shelves. Right, yeah, exactly. Like just you just throwing keep knocking things over and you're like, God damn, <laughs> like it's really hard to control yourself. <laughs> but anyways, I bring all of that up, A, because it was amazing and I wish it was like an actual game on the store or something, mm-hmm. but also because in order to move, you had to, how do I describe this without being able to show people? It's like if you put your arms to your side and you kind of like... um uh, do the wave call yeah do the wave the thank wave. you yeah yeah you do the wave to either side arms. so you're kind of yeah doing the wave and that moves you forward <laughs> because you're like a weird alien so even though um interesting yeah what? so you're not moving like a human now what i found is that the way they did that was like literally that's how you move forward you have to wave your arms and you have to wave them in a specific way okay and are you holding controllers while you're doing this too yeah mm-hmm. okay, gotcha. and I found that that was pretty genius 
And yeah. it didn't make me sick. And I wondered, first of all, it wasn't like a, you know, there wasn't a lot to make you sick. But I did really think that all you have to do is be moving in some way. Right. Which is like, let's say um, you didn't want to get sick using the joysticky version. Something that I haven't really tested, but I want to is like, let's say you just, even though you don't have to, if you move your arms like you're walking. <laughs> And honestly, yeah. I think that will help. And actually, you've tried this out. So I, I have tried out um, not in detail. So I'll take that as homework. But I did try in some other other experiences like a while back when I had that theory. And I was like, okay. I really do think that moving your body, yeah. um, it makes a difference. I mean, if you liken it to like the driver of a car um, can anticipate where the car is going and like f move with the car and feel it where the passenger is just right. kind of reacting to that. Mm -hmm. I think it's something like that. It's like if you're moving your arms and you're, you're sending signals to your brain that's right. like I'm moving. But when you're just standing still and being like carried really quickly somewhere, your brain and balance gets confused. Yeah. And so that's my theory. And I feel like if people did more of you have to move literally to, mm -hmm. to move forward, I think that would actually help a lot of things. Similarly, somebody recently brought up that if you have a fan, uh, that will help you. It'll oh. like cool you down. It will also like make you feel less nauseous. And Interesting. the same way in a car, if you roll down the window, there's right. something about that. And they also mentioned that that's on a side note, kind of like a byproduct that's helpful is it shows you which direction you're facing. So if you are uh, worried about like uh, where you are in your room and you're like, am I about oh, to slap the TV? Right. You know, based on where the fan is. That's an interesting insight. Huh. Right. Yeah. So the car thing is interesting because you definitely, a lot of people experience car sickness, right? Yeah. Um, where if you're not looking at the road or looking forward as you are careening through space yeah. at you know 60 miles per hour, you start to get sick. Um, I definitely do unless I am in the front seat of a car. Uh, so I remember as a kid being on road trips with my dad and I couldn't read a book in the back seat because I would start to get really bad car sickness. Oh my God, yeah. But Even I could in the front seat, I, get I, that. I could in the front seat. For some reason, I think because my peripheral vision, even if I'm looking down at these maps, yeah, you as can 12 see the, me, the horizon view better. Yeah, like my my peripheral vision could still see that we are moving forward and have a sense of that movement around me. Whereas if I was in the back seat, there's too many uh, things obscuring my sense of that movement around us, and so my body just feels the movement, but my my eyes don't see it happening, right? And don't see the motion, and so there's a mismatch, yeah, in the perception, and that causes this nausea, right? I'm I'm actually I'm kind of concerned, and this is something that's been that I've been thinking about from time to time when it comes to ex different kinds of experiments with locomotion in VR. Think about the effect that it has on somebody, like on your your brain, when if you were to spend hours and hours in an experience where the main mode of moving through the environment is not how you normally do in physical reality. It's not I step forward and just start walking. And that's everything that my balance is based off of. That's everything you had to learn and condition into your brain when you were an infant. Because mm -hmm. we don't come out knowing that. Right. It gets... It gets conditioned. So I wonder how long it would take to start reconditioning somebody's finely tuned natural reactions for moving through space to start kind of disrupting them by 
reconditioning with a different kind of movement yeah. in a virtual environment. So if you played an experience for long enough where the means of moving was moving your arms but not your legs, mm-hmm. how long would it take for you in that environment and doing that on a regular basis for it to actually cause you to have a slightly slower reaction time yeah. or hesitation when you need to quickly, I don't know, like move forward out of the way of something or whatever right. in real life. Yeah. Because your brain is starting to develop this whole separate layer of locomotion rules in how it moves through a different subset of the environment. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how long, but I do know for sure that consistently among many people, they have told me that it gets better after time spent. Meaning even without this whole like moving your arms or something, just that joysticky movement and all of that. Uh Your brain gets used to it. Their brain gets used to it. And the more they do it, the more they grow accustomed to it. And people who have to work in VR or just love it and are constantly in it, they their uh, ability to withstand like a long experience without yeah. getting sick uh, definitely, definitely improves drastically. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's obviously possible. It's unfortunate that it, it takes that long. And I think there's right. somewhere in between where I do think something could help make that happen faster or just make it generally more pleasant where yeah. maybe you don't need to adjust. My, I guess my curiosity then, because that is something that happens, people, people do gain tolerance for it or they develop a tolerance, mm-hmm. which that implies that their brain is literally rewiring a little bit mm-hmm. in order to accommodate the way that physics work in that space. Mm. Meaning the brain is learning that when I move forward or when I see motion forward, I am not going to innately always expect that my inner ear will feel that motion Mm. as well. So I'm going to learn that that is the norm sometimes because I keep experiencing it through this virtual environment, but your brain, your body doesn't really know that. Mm. And so that starts getting mapped on top of your, your foundational movement experience, your foundational movement learning in your brain. So I'm just curious over time if we start to see that with... I'm I'm curious if after a long enough period of time of doing that kind of experience and developing that kind of tolerance, yeah. if a higher tolerance to that kind of motion has any effect at all on your, your real world. Right. Well, it makes me wonder what is the evolutionary benefit of motion sickness? Uh, because if one way I think about that is, okay, well... Let's say our bodies get better at that. Cool. Well, that will make me less motion sick in a car. That will make me less motion sick in a boat. That that all sounds very positive. So what is the potential downside? Well, that, that feels like two different questions. One mm. is what is the evolutionary origin of motion sickness? Yeah. And then what's the And benefit? then also would it be a problem if I didn't have to worry about motion sickness? <laughs> right. Well, all I know, and I'm going to kind of look this up as we're talking, but yeah. all I remember learning at some point was mm-hmm. that the more of like the balance of our ears had to do with being maybe poisoned. Like if we... Poisoned? If, yeah, because poison will throw off your um, balance, like your, what did you call it? The inner, the inner part of the ear or whatever. Uh, I don't remember okay, the well, specific that, name for um, it, but <laughs> the, you, have, you have fluid in the inside of your yeah. ear that allows you to feel kind of like a gyroscope or in a phone. It allows you yeah. to sense your orientation. Right. So, okay. I'm 
feeling very self-conscious about what I'm saying <laughs> because I'm like, mm, I might be pulling this out of my yeah, ass. Yeah, but yeah, let yeah. me just so, go for totally. it. This is what Whatever. I remember is that essentially, so if you're poisoned by something, which is obviously a, an easy like primitive risk that could have happened if yeah. you eat the wrong berries, then uh, it it throws off your orientation. Your um, equilibrium. Right, sort of. your equilibrium. And that in turn makes you throw up. And so you would throw up the poison and get rid of it. Oh, interesting. I've never, I've, I mean, I've never heard that <laughs> Honestly, before. I mean, I have not, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know where I heard that if I made that up out of my own head. And yeah, it I'm could be totally the, wrong. And maybe uh, like, I'll find this as we're talking. We should, but yeah, it we should definitely like validate something. that. But yeah. if, if that is an effect that certain poison or toxins have, that seems plausible. Um, I'm trying to think of other reasons why, like evolutionarily, why would humans that that have a stronger sense of motion sickness have survived more so? Like, why would more of us with sensitivity to motion sickness and sensitivity to this this mismatch between your brain sensing that motion around you and your uh, your body's actual movement through the environment? I feel like some of that could fundamentally just be explained with the. <laughs> The anecdotal observation that if you have a poor sense of balance, yeah, you we should we should look this up. But what if people with a poor sense of balance are also less sensitive to motion sickness? One hundred percent pulling that out of my ass, um, right? Because if people that <laughs> that are that have a, a worse sense of balance um, are also less sensitive to motion sickness, then you would guess that. That that level of sort of numbness to physical orientation would have so would have uh, selected for people that were more sensitive that did have a better sense of balance. Yeah. So you you'd imagine that if there were humans at some point that were born with really really poor uh, sensitivity to that kind of orientation, they probably wouldn't have survived very long. Hmm. Uh, from but an evolutionary standpoint. Because they like that that affects your ability to move through your environment at a very fundamental level, right? But then the other question is like, okay, but a lot of us, a lot of people get motion sick very easily. So what? So well, obviously, it didn't like rule it out entirely. It was like there I'm, had to be an advantage to that. Too. I'm I'm not saying that that motion sickness would have been selected out. I'm yeah. saying that people that didn't experience motion sickness, and if that has a relation to like just innate sense of balance in general, mm. they would have been selected out. Like they would not have survived as long as people that were more sensitive to orientation oh. did get motion sickness, yeah. but had oh, a good okay. sense of balance. Right, right, right. Sorry. Okay. I think I misheard you the first time, but also because I was like multitasking and looking this up. Right. right. So, okay. Yes. We're on the same page. Okay. <laughs> so, so here, we'll provide a link to this because I'm about to read something that I'm not sure is going to be helpful, but um, yeah. it's uh, I, motion sickness, an evolutionary hypothesis. The Ooh. abstract, I don't know if it's going to give us any information, but it looks like it has a bunch of complicated words. So I'm going to read it. Um, <laughs> okay. Since the occurrence of vomiting as a response to motion is both widespread and apparently disadvantageous, it presents a problem for evolutionary theory. An hypothesis is proposed suggesting that motion sickness is triggered by difficulties which arise in the programming of movements of the eyes or head when the relations between the spatial frameworks defined by the visual, vestibular, and proprioceptive inputs are repeatedly and unpredictably 
perturbed. Yes. Okay. Such perturbations <laughs> may be produced by certain types of motion or by disturbances. This is like the fanciest way of talking about motion sickness. It's stupid. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. By disturbances in sensory input or motor control produced by ingested toxins. So that's really funny because I don't know half the stuff it what, just kind that, of said. Where, I, I don't understand where the toxins came in. I don't know either. That it just literally just said, hold on. It said. We need to look at this after the fact. Right. Fine. But. Um. <laughs> It uh, it says the last would be the Im- important cause in nature. It's talking about toxins. The main function of the emesis, emesis, whatever, being to rid the individual of ingested neurotox- nox- neurotoxins. Neurotoxins. Neuronoxins. Neuronoxins. <laughs> yes, okay. Uh, its occurrence in response to motion would be an accidental byproduct of the system. So... Uh, uh, apparently, okay. I didn't pull that out of yeah. my but You pulled that out of some very some, obscure research. Oh, yeah. Ah, interesting. Don't know, don't know how I knew that one. Okay, so motion but, sickness yeah. is a side effect of, potentially, a side effect of our evolved ability to vomit yeah. and develop nauseousness and vomit in a response to ingesting toxins. So it, so it says in that one random paper I Googled within seconds. So we'll, <laughs> we'll provide a link to that as well if we find anything else that's interesting. Oh, my God. You know, it would be so cool. We've talked about uh, Kierkegaard. Kierkegaard. Uh, Kierkegaard. Kierkegaard. <laughs> it's in uh, a nutshell. In a nutshell. Yeah, it's the German studio. If they studio, did uh, something about that and like, just give me the, oh, that would be the cool. about motion sickness in a nutshell. Maybe they have it. Who knows? Yeah. Anyways, they, they anything so we'll find, we'll link in our website if you guys are all curious. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. I feel pretty good yeah. about that. I would love to talk about, you were talking about some rec room experiences and I also had one recently that I'd love to talk about, but you were talking about your um, kind of like escapades with uh with, with forest forest yeah did yeah. you have any interesting experiences uh just all good things yeah all good things um we jumped into rec room for a little while and yeah. like i said we did this like synth 80s inspired sort of thing uh survival thing for a little bit um there were like robots and stuff everywhere uh, and that was kind of fun and then we were we jumped into uh a few different air like public areas and just were interacting with people throwing snowballs around um, roasting marshmallows on a right. fire and all that stuff. Yeah, and then we were also just in an open, uh, an open room where we could just generate anything, and so we were just going crazy in there and like dropping all these crazy objects and stuff. But it was just fun because it feels like you're hanging out, mm-hmm. right? There's not, it doesn't really feel all that different. Obviously, there are limitations to what yeah. you can do, but you're you're hanging out with a friend. You're hanging out with a family member, whatever. The presence is there. You don't question that. Um, all of the questioning comes around how can I interact with things in the environment. But you're clearly here with me. We're, we're doing this stuff together. Yeah. So it's so cool from that perspective. We also jumped into Altspace and we experienced a couple concerts. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So there was How'd a live performer. Uh, that was really fun. I yeah. hadn't actually done that before, but somebody was on stage playing music and the crowd was responding to them. And uh, the applause sort of thing is not clapping. It is these little like... Emoticons, right. Yeah, type uh, emoticons that pop up above your head. Yeah. So people would do like the clapping emoticon. Yeah. Um, but that was, it was really fun. Yeah. It was, there's some really good musicians that actually go in there and, and do shows. So fun. Uh, and there's like, Com- comedy tours and all kinds of stuff. We were we were actually really looking forward to spending some more time trying to construct this sort of uh, home space mm-hmm. because in alt space you you don't just have a, a dorm room. It's specifically like you have a a small rooftop penthouse type right, thing. Yeah, you can customize. 
I actually went and played a lo-fi hip-hop video on the TV inside of the room, and then we were hanging out on the porch, and there's lo-fi off in the distance in the environment, and you're like looking down into the city below and cars yeah. passing by, and it's just, it's really cool. <laughs> so great. So I know that you and Forrest have always done things like this before VR was yes. popular, because you would do role-playing game or not, or like any... Well, we did do that kind of stuff. We also did skits. We did Minecraft was a big one too. Right. So what do you feel given that you guys have had a lot of experience of, a lot of experience with trying to meet across long distance and be yeah. social? Is is it just kind of plain and simple? Like it just feels more more present together? Or why choose? Like, would you go back to kind of minecraft or other other ways or do you feel like nope i definitely want to stick with meeting in vr um meeting in vr at this point did not feel superior mm. just objectively it's different yeah we definitely so we still we still will meet up in other spaces that are virtual environments but not necessarily in vr we're talking minecraft or in these sort of competitive online games that are just fun to play together um we picked up one recently where you can actually just duel, <laughs> um, which we used to do when we were in high school yeah. and college. So it's it's very reminiscent of that. Um, so there, it, it really just depends on like, what do we feel like doing today? Like we both have a couple hours here to hang out essentially. Right. So what space do we want to jump into? And that could be Minecraft. It could be Rec Room. We've definitely come back and done that a couple different times. But I think at this point, it's not that you can necessarily get all of those different range of experiences in VR yet uh, because there are certain kinds of limitations around how long that if you're not in it all the time, you can actually sustain oh, activities in yeah, VR. Right. And it it is more, it's a different kind of work. You're not just going to like sit down and chill uh, or or go, like if you're in Minecraft, you're not actually running. Right. It would be cool if you could put on a full bodysuit and somehow just get the experience of actually running around, but VR is not there yet. Yeah. So instead of that, it is actually, okay, we jump into Rec Room and then we're going to go and go to this level where there's a mountain and we're just going to climb that. Yeah. To kind of have this sort of nostalgic experience of hiking something and just playing around in the space. Right. So I think it it's not necessarily a full-on replacement mm -hmm. for any of those prior experiences, but it is a good alternative, and it is something that is becoming more novel as yeah. time goes on. I also think that for people who don't want to necessarily go on an adventure, when I'm talking about meeting up with my sister, she doesn't want to play Minecraft, and neither do I. Right. Uh, I mean, I like Minecraft. Whatever. Sorry. <laughs> You're just like fuck Minecraft. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, I have such a tangent. I have I have a hilarious tangent from that, which is like there's the, there are these YouTube videos, and we'll link them. But this guy <laughs> has been having his wife play video games, and he is like, what it's like for somebody who doesn't play video games to play video games. Yeah, I've seen it that series. It is so fucking funny. And it's especially funny to me because that is me. Like, I've mentioned it many times. <laughs> I always felt like, oh, I played racing games, but never did a lot yeah. of, like, did, like, you know, one adventure game. And uh, there are a lot of things I had to go through when I was trying to get back into games a few years ago mm -hmm. or just into them for the first time. Uh, I was 
really confused. Like somebody's like, "Oh, you should play Portal. It's the best thing ever." And I would just like stand in a room and like look around and You're be like, like what, "What the is, fuck what is, is happening?" What is this? Yeah. So these YouTubes are hilarious, and we'll <laughs> link them because everything that woman is saying is just how I feel inside, which is just like, <laughs> you know, like, "What is the point? What am I doing?" where should I be going? (laughs) And so, um, which is why I'm into like passive experiences and like the cool like entertainment in a different way. Now I do love games and actually what's funny is that I tend to gravitate towards things like Limbo and it's like, okay, these like 2D experiences. Limbo is really fun. It's Like that is such a good experience. First of all, it's beautiful. It is extremely simple in terms of interaction. You can basically go left and right and jump. Yeah. And, but the puzzles are really hard. evocative. Yes. Like that experience is so much about it the ambiance totally that you get sucked into it's just like yeah and so that to me i like stuff like that so mm. i have i mean as everyone should and gwyn even brings this up which is like games get this reputation for being like shooter games or one one way things and it's like if you're not in love with minecraft or portal that doesn't mean that you don't love games or that you don't yeah. love those types of experiences there's like so many i mean you don't need to love every movie you see you don't even need to like every genre of movies you know, there's just so much that games have to offer. Anyways, this is a really long-winded way of me saying sorry that I don't love Minecraft. Um, you have been playing Breath of the Wild, though. Yeah. Right? I mean, I love Zelda. Minecraft to me was just like, I have no... So, okay, well, actually... It's very this, open-ended. The, That's... the video that I'm talking about literally... <laughs> Uh, explains why it's hard for somebody like me going into it because you don't know I'm like in this land I have no clue what I'm supposed to be doing and I wasn't with somebody anybody who was like there to explain it to me and then nighttime comes and oh God. The, these like <laughs> I was like having nightmares from like you know these like ghost skeletons or whatever that come and get you and you can't do anything and I'm like you're just trying to hide so the whole point it turns out is to like build shelter and protection so that you can survive the night and I'm yeah. like what the hell <laughs> it's just like not my thing I don't right, know right, right. okay so fine so it's not my thing okay so coming back so I'm not going to go to my sister and be like, you know what we should really do is get in Minecraft together. Like this girl, I love her. And like neither of us have ever, we've played racing games together. Like she's Mm -hmm. not going to suddenly, she has like two kids, one's a newborn. She's not going to like pop onto a computer and start like figuring out how to download and play games. Right. Right. So what VR would give us is like an actual, just like, let's just hang out. Yeah. Let's just have tea as. Let's meet up. As Gingy Spice. As Gingy Spice. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like while I totally get what you're saying, which is like it isn't superior, Mm. it's harder to like, what are you going to do? Like just hang out in. I mean, there were some things like Second Life in that that would do that, but it's really not the same. And and you're not going to like just hang out online and like wait for each other to respond. It just seems weird where like you can literally just be in VR, like, chilling and chatting in a cooler experience where you feel more present. Yeah. I I really think that there is something around this whole idea of what is your, your resistance or your psychological friction to immersion. So when you step into some sort of experience, whether that is a two-dimensional screen-based video game or it's a Game Boy game mm. from back in the day when it's literally this little two-inch wide display, yeah. it's black and white, uh, or it's a full-on VR experience where you are completely surrounded by it and you can't look outside of it, Yeah, it's still... I would still argue for 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 me personally, and I know that a lot of people have a similar type of experience with two-dimensional, even two-dimensional things, where you're not in VR, but you still find it novel and worthwhile to jump into 
something that seems like a superior or an inferior immersion yeah and immerse into it with other people hmm. for me that would be something like minecraft and it's a good example because it's extremely simplistic in the visuals you look at that anybody that is not used to just ignoring the fact that there are blocks everywhere yeah and that the graphics are really pixelated that's all you see if you're not looking past that but as soon as you as soon as your brain starts to forget about all of that and just gets used to dropping into that space you start to just look at it as this is a world and we're here and we're doing things and this is ju- this is our meeting space mm-hmm. and we just like to build things so we jump into this space and we are hanging out yeah uh it doesn't if I'm thinking back to times that we've hung out in VR versus times we've hung out in Minecraft, it's actually not the memory of either of those experiences, which is really the whole point. You want to have a good experience and mem- and remembered mm. uh, time with that person. The memory of either is not superior over one or the other. Right. They're both just as visceral in my mind. But maybe just like you're you're quicker to be immersed in one I, versus the other. I think my brain's just been trained to do that because yeah. I've played more video games over the course of Got my it. lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From a younger age. Right. So it's not hard for me to forget that I'm looking at a display and differentiate that or just make that the same as as a fully displayless virtual experience. Yeah, I mean, in memory, I, th- I think it's the same thing. If you think about movies and and books, essentially, yeah. like books, I mean, we just escape into them, and yeah. and our brain, our imagination takes over. And movies do the same. We forget that we're looking through a screen, and then mm-hmm. VR is just another version of that. And and I think I le- I really like what you're saying because a lot of people will talk about things that are like what is superior, what's better. And like, I don't believe that movies are better than books or vice versa. Like they're literally just different experiences and I enjoy both Mm. and I want both in my life. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually been a movement in the video game industry and particularly with independent studios over the past decade, I feel, or if not a decade, even longer than that, uh, the past couple decades now, there's really been a huge resurgence of independent studios making these retro style games. Yeah. And you can go on Steam and find a million of them. There's new ones that get released every day. And part of that is because they take so much less work to build, not work from like the effort that goes into the development um, and like blood, sweat and tears of just building something and crafting it from with your own hands. But uh, you don't need the the huge production budget of a AAA game like Ubisoft or EA games would have to put into building something that is extremely high quality rendering and everything. Um, any sort of experience that looks really realistic just takes more time to polish and takes more people actually looking at it and working on it to make something that is compelling and believable. Mm-hmm. Whereas these retro games, they're usually very pixelated. They look like something out of the eighties mm-hmm. out of the arcade era. Um, and they're usually something that can be handled by a studio of one or a few people. Yeah. Um, but they also are still compelling from an experience perspective. You did this. You you mentioned Limbo, which is a good example of that. It doesn't necessarily have that retro style, but it is something that didn't have a massive team of people working on it. Mm-hmm. And it's two-dimensional. Not even in the fact that it's like a 3D rendered game. It's literally you can only go left and right and up and down. Right. But it creates such an evocative experience if you can let yourself just – but it creates such an evocative experience if you can just let yourself get past the fact that it's two-dimensional and that you can only move left and right and you just 
drop into that space, into yeah. that environment, like a book. And your imagination, I I think your imagination plays the key role there in filling in all of these these gaps in reality versus the the 2D experience that you're having. Totally. It makes me think about I always think of graphic novels and yeah, yeah. essentially like Comics, again that's like a really stripped down version of a story. You have like a storyboard and mm. and you're literally filling in the gaps with yeah. your mind. The and, movement. And graphic, literally movement. <laughs> graphic novels are are amazing and by the way similar to games they get a certain reputation, but I yeah. love graphic novels and I have found some really powerful stories. That had nothing to do with like superheroes. I mean, one I, I read, which I absolutely love, is called Day Tripper. Mm. And that's about a guy whose job is to write obituaries. And he keeps imagining his own different, like his own death and different ways Ooh. of his death and like what that would come to and what would happen in his life. It sounds really yeah. morbid, but it's like, but, I, can't explain, <laughs> I can't explain how beautifully it was written and the images and all of that. And that's just, and one other example I'll give is there's this one called The Best We Could Do. And it's um, about refugees from uh, Vietnam. Okay. And uh, and it's, it's called just the best we could do. The best we could do. Okay. Um, and I'll provide these in our show notes. But it's just absolutely beautifully written. And it's, you know, obviously that story has nothing to do with, with superheroes. But the point yeah. is, those are really beautiful ways that people decided to express those those stories. And yeah, you could do that in different ways. But to your point, all of these are just different forms of expression. Mm. There's not one that's necessarily better than the other, even though people just really are dying to prove that or to say like, you know, people will always be like, but why VR? Why would you do it in VR versus just doing it in a movie? It's like, right. I don't fucking know. But do experiment. Why it's, do a graphic novel instead of write a novel? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> I just feel like there's so many ways to do it. And I, any of those ways, if well done, is valid. is valid and you will escape into it and yeah. you will appreciate that story. You could tell a graphic novel story in a, in a, in a regular novel you can't right. you're not saying that like one is oh this is definitely a better story like vietnam refugees like oh definitely a better story to tell through graphic novels it's like no right there are plenty of books about that plenty of movies about that yeah. so so just like i don't know do whatever you want to do and and to your point like each <laughs> do each, whatever the hell you want yeah just like do whatever the hell you want <laughs> god End stop of podcast. arguing about it yeah. all right goodbye i think i'm yelling at myself yeah <laughs> Um, that was secretly a message to inner Kelly. Right. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, I'm just arguing with everyone who's just like, mm, why would you tell that story in VR, though? It's got to be like very specific to that medium. And I'm just like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, now you know how I feel. Okay, but given all of that, I do have so all of this is making me think of so many things. But I had like an experience in rec room I wanted to talk about, Okay, um, which is also related to Dance Central, which I, oh. I had an experience there. And Which I'm just I saying this all out loud been. because I'm trying to track my own mind. Um, and all of that is also related to like this gap of realism to abstract um, in terms of like what we're talking about. You know, you can disappear into a into a, um, a an older style game right. as much as you can in disappear into something that's more realistic. It it's all it, it's just that the that book that I've been going through um, narrative in virtual reality talks yeah. about this a lot yeah. of that the idea that we've always been representing things yes. externally mm -hmm. ever since we started making cave paintings because you're literally taking something that you in your mind you've observed from reality and then you're projecting it onto a wall in some sort of way yeah and then when you look at that it evokes this memory of a very rich experience of hunting these mammoths or whatever it was 
but it's it's a very simple like crayon drawing on a cave wall. Yeah. And it's it's impressive that we can do that. And we've just continued to to expand on our, our abilities and means of doing that over time with all these new mediums like books and paintings and VR and, and uh, graphic novels yeah. and whatever, music, all those things. Somebody was just telling me about how there was this book they read and I'll try and find it. I think it's called Invisible Ink. Okay. I'm blanking on the author's name and I haven't read it yet. It's on my list, but they said that speaking of cave drawings, that this writer, essentially, it's all about writing. And they gave this formula. And one of them was every story has to be a warning or an encouragement, which came from cave drawings, which is like one was like, hey, don't do this. Like these berries are poisonous or like eat this, do this. This is what was successful. Now, I don't know how much I believe that. And I feel like I need to think about that. Interesting interpretation. But it really is. And so I just wanted to like drop that since you were talking about cave paintings, because I think it is worth uh, thinking about. I think that's a very, once I finish reading that book, maybe I'll come back with more. And I also really would Hmm. love to talk more about narrative at some point in general. Absolutely. Um, Okay. But so this whole. experiences and and Dance Central. Right. Okay. So I went into, (laughs) um, so this past week, because I, first of all, I think a couple of weeks ago, we talked about my fear of social VR. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. I'm like the most social person who can't do social VR. Right. Don't, okay. <laughs> Literally don't remember which episode we talked about that, I but if was, you want to hear it, go find it. <laughs> I think it was eight. It was like our, our thoughts on thoughts oh, at the thoughts end on of thoughts, uh, yeah. Mike's second Yes. Okay. Second so, um, and I took it as a challenge to try and do more social VR. And then we released the Gwyn episode where she talks about Rec Room. And so I'm like, okay, fucking fine. Like, I'll go in. <laughs> Do it So now already. I had been in Rec Room before, but yeah. I will admit that Gwyn had largely guided me through it. And, okay. um, and so I've had experiences where, you know, that was totally different, where somebody is actually helping me through and right. telling me where to go. They're showing you the ropes. Yeah, yeah. And I had told you in that last episode, venting about it, where, you know, I had gone into <laughs> alt space as Mike accidentally, and then everyone's like, oh, right. you know, saying like, oh, you have your like alt space badge on because he works for them. And they're like, you can just turn it off. And I was like, no, bye. Like, I, I just like, <laughs> absolutely You're like, you found out I'm a fraud. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I decided... Because I was, I'm obsessed with habits and, uh, and I had been, I've been like reading a lot or thinking a lot about how you can form better habits. And Mm -hmm. one of these pieces of advice I got was create a theme for your year, which is interesting because we've kind of talked about how I do birthday questions, which is like a reflection and a looking forward. And I ask people, what do you want your theme for the year to be? But I had never really thought about that that hard and honestly i think most people probably forget their answer but if you think of something that really resonates it like really means something you take the time to think about it and you go through a couple of options you should Mm. be able to remember it or maybe you write it down on like if it was that important to you then right (laughs) but the point is that then you build habits like instead of saying okay i'm i'm going to run three times a week and you know blah 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 and like giving yourself these specific rules which inevitably the, uh, this thing was talking about New Year's resolutions. Inevitably, a lot of that fails. Yeah, you'll trip up and fail in specific. But if you say this is the year of health, every decision point. So you're always going to like, I'll, I'll call it mess up or choose. Yeah. But more often than not, if you envision it as kind of a branching tree, mm. then uh, more often than not, it'll lead you generally down the right path because you're constantly evaluating 
your choices based on does this if I choose this will this follow my theme right it's it's like it's more of a lens through which you make all decisions right rather yeah. than a single choice to do the specific action right because once that fails then well all your old habits are just yeah back to normal so I decided that what resonated with me this year was the year of play now okay. it's funny because I think a lot of people would be like uh, sounds so nice to play but you know me well enough to know that i am the worst <laughs> i am the worst at playing intentionally like, playing intentionally playing right. i will i i like studying i like <laughs> reading yes. about things i like productivity feeling productive yeah right and so sitting down and doing something just to have fun it gives me anxiety. <laughs> so I decided, but at the same point, I mean, li this is kind of sad, but the way okay. I allow myself to play is by thinking like, well, I literally need to, uh, a lot of people who are good at, if, if, if literally your work is trying to create VR experiences to do something like that, mm -hmm. um, you should be aware of games and you should be aware of gameplay right. and you should you should be studying those things. So like, don't be a writer that doesn't read anything. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect way of saying it, right? Yeah. And so I thought like, okay, well, I can make an excuse that way. Mm. Granted, there's also the sense of that like play is just good for our brains and creativity, but that's right. like not good enough for me. So Yeah, that that's too abstract. And, right, but that's okay. You, know. you got to do what's right for you. So I've convinced myself it will actually help <laughs> my productivity. Right, yeah, it's, so, it, is, it is worthwhile and productive to play. Right, and so <laughs> with this in mind, uh, with this theme in mind, I went into Rec Room and was like, okay... Well, actually, sorry. First, I went into Dance Central. Okay. Um, I had heard a lot about Dance Central, but mm -hmm. hadn't actually tried it yet. And it's essentially like you go into a club and it puts you in your like waiting in line at a club. And then you have like a cell phone and you huh. you basically can select like it's really easy to figure out. But you can basically yeah. like hit the music sign and it's like, OK, do you want to do you want to um, transport to the dance club and choose a song? And then you choose songs and this person comes out and you mimic like a mirror their dance moves and okay. similar to um, uh, like Beat Saber or right. things like that, you're supposed to hit it on certain... So you're, you're matching beats. up movement with rhythm. Exactly. Okay. Um, and some of them, I mean, are hard. And it's yeah. kind of like the people that you're dancing with are actually like, I'm like, I probably look absolutely ridiculous on the outside, but they <laughs> look pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah, and well, they're probably doing like kind of legitimate dance moves, right? <laughs> now, or what does that even mean? I yeah, know, but, I mean, yeah, yeah, but you're right. And so, uh, of course, I was like panicking. This whole thing, everything was making me sweat. You know, <laughs> not <laughs> obviously like dancing, like from but, anxiety or the yeah, from anxiety. Oh, I'm like, oh okay. my god, like okay, well, what do I do next? And you have like options to go into different <laughs> rooms and one's like, oh, do you want to play like versus like choose a live person to dance oh, against? Whoa, And you like what? create a ba dance battle. What and of course hell? I clicked on really? it. Immediately clicked off. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's I- just like, no, this is too much. And then now it's my oh, year God. of play. And so I was yeah. like, Kelly, come on, you can do this. And then I clicked on it again and I battled. But Ooh. I don't know. Honestly, I couldn't tell the distinction and I, maybe I'll play around with that more. But mm. anyways, I- so one of the things that I felt from this experience was like, uh, one is that the people actually were pretty kind of not realistic, but they certain certainly weren't abstract. The people right. that you're dancing against, and what's funny is the, that like real as, people, um, yeah, they're they're like Are I they mean, for instance, or no, they're real people. I mean, okay, well. 
what do you mean by sil- silhouette? Like what the person that you are imitating or battling against? Mm-hmm. What are they? Are they like a full? They look like an animated real person. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, they actually look like they're looking at you. And when you do certain dance moves, do they cringe? You no, know, <laughs> but they will be like. They'll be like. Uh, if you're like really killing it, then um, it'll be like, yeah, now you got it. Uh huh, girl. You know, like whatever. <laughs> and honestly, it like does get to you. You're like, yes, uh, you know, like I got this. And um, but it, it, it was like so funny. Oh, wow. And then it made me feel like, I mean, a couple of things. One was uh, a little bit like a little kid again because they'd be like, oh, you have your fake cell phone, and they're like, uh. You can choose which room you teleport into, and they'll be like, "Oh, you can go to the VIP room." Yeah, um, Melanie's in there. She's always like gossiping, and then they'll be like, "Or you can go to the, <laughs> you can go to like the the bar. Like bartender is pretty chill, you know." And and they'll it'll like, you know, you have like your friends, and they all have different personalities, right. and you can go to a wardrobe, and then essentially the more you dance, the more it will unlock things for you, and you can yeah. get like different outfits and all of that. Oh, which, by the way, I went into... Now, this was, of course, I'm always on Mike's quest, and so I'm always like him. He already had Dance Central. I don't know how they found out. Like, he at some point probably chose that he was a male. Yeah. So... I went into the the, uh, the room where you like change and nobody's in there. It's just me, right. and I look in the mirror. I'm like, whoa! Uh, like, oh, was, you saw your reflection all of a sudden. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is what I look like. Fine. Um, and I didn't have a choice over changing the like body of my person or the fact the, their gender. Now I think I you probably can and figure that out, and maybe that's like in the setup. And I was kind of working quickly. Yeah, but you can change your outfit, and I was like looking in the mirror. <laughs> Changing my outfit, honestly saying things out loud. I'm like, mm, yeah, damn, that that's good. That one's good. Like these like sparkly, like purple pants mismatched. <laughs> it's just like the most ridiculous clubbing outfit. Oh, well. And then meanwhile, my cats are just looking at me like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and then uh, went and did these like dance competitions. So I think... Just like so many things. I mean, the fact that like when I'm picking out my clothes and all that and I'm actually like putting them on me and looking in the mirror, we have this in rec room as well. Right. They're in your dorm room. It's kind of crazy how much that does immerse you and you're starting to care about like what you look like. Like I was really upset that I had been dancing with the outfit I had on beforehand. Yeah. Well, you're, you, you have, you're conscious of your perception or the way that people are looking at you right. in this space or imaginary people see you. Yeah. Regardless. And then like when I'm relating, when these people are walking me through the dance moves and uh, like... It, <laughs> They're looking at me directly and doing encouragements and things like that. It's It really does. It's bizarre how quickly you feel like almost like they're real people and and you want to like impress them or like hear them. Or yeah. like that that even affects you at all. That right. they're like, yeah, good job. And you're like, yes. <laughs> you know, or that you would trust or distrust someone like melanie in the vip room and just kind of like <laughs> because she talks gossip yeah and like the way that she even dances and looks too like they did a really good job with these characters exuding those characteristics right for each one. Huh. yeah um and it reminded me a lot of that whole robot dance experience which right. we were talking about in the beginning because a lot of what i want to do with working in vr is work on like well how can you create emotion through mm. an experience whether it's interactive or passive like how do you i'm really as you know, like I'm super passionate about just exploring entertainment through like relationship stories in right. VR. And so this stuff fascinates me because I think 
you can really create these relationships. I mean, it seems obvious. It's like the same way I actually had a crush on Lincoln Zelda or something. It's like, well, it's even more so you start interacting with these characters that way. And you really can. I mean, with these being like pretty early on in the game, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I can feel happy and friendly with a a freaking dancing robot (laughs) and feel bad leaving it and not dancing with it. Right. And I can want the approval of the person I'm dancing with in Dance Central. I just think that stuff is really cool. And it also reminds me of, so moving into like my rec room experience, Mm -hmm. so I went in full on panic mode. Um, Were you still as Mike's avatar? Or no, you... Rack Room, for whatever reason, I think because I downloaded it first. Also, they okay. allow you You're to have up. different... Um, in Rack Room, you can have different people. Uh, people. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can choose uh, which which username you're going in as and so i had mine already set up so it was the same person you had gone in as with the scarf and stuff Oh, okay gotcha. so the first thing yeah. i did was i made some <laughs> updates to my wardrobe and it turns right. out because you had played some quests and all of that i had some coins oh nice and so this kind of goes back to the you economy thing co- <laughs> right and nice. so i'm like talking to gwen i'm like why would anybody care like why would you spend money on all of this stuff yeah. right? why would my mom care <laughs> but um so i go in and the first thing i want is to have a better outfit. I right. mean, love the outfit you picked out, Jay, but I just need, it wasn't me. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I'm like, gotta ditch the scarf. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm looking through and trying to decide who I want to be and also having these mixed feelings of, well, I want it to represent who I am, but then also, Ooh, I could, I could make my hair blue, which I can't do in real life, yeah. you know, or something like that. And yeah. so I think at, that initially is really interesting to be like, who do you choose to be and um, you want it to be you, but also like, is it the better you that you wish? I wish I had the, you know, the gall to dye, <laughs> Just to do bright dye my hair. hair certain ways that I don't and to wear <laughs> certain things that I don't. Yeah. And also like certain outfits are going to look way better on this avatar than they do on me. So it's, it was just really fun playing around with that. Mm. And of course started finding things like, so cat eyeglasses, you know, you know, like yeah. the cat style. Yep. They don't look good on me in real life. Okay. Um, and so I, uh, I've, like tried them a million times. I'm really, yeah. I, I love unique eyeglasses on people. And okay. so I'm just kind of upset that I only the, look good in like the plainer work. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you got to also know what you're working with. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, also polka like, dots don't look good on me. It's geometry. Right. Yeah. Just yeah, the way just, that you're shaped. Right. Whatever. So of course I find cat eyeglasses and I'm mm. like, oh yeah, <laughs> so pumped. And they were like pink and I was like, I am crushing, but I had to spend money. <laughs> I had to spend money on those. And then there was like a special like captain's outfit with like a turtleneck and a vest. And I was like, definitely have to have that. And so I spent a bunch of money on my wardrobe. And then after um, having this conversation of going about why would anyone Yeah, like why would you spend, spend anything? And then I was like, ooh, I spent all that money and I saw a bunch of other stuff I wanted. I was like, I need more. I need more. <laughs> and so then I went into the common area and uh of course, like the first thing I want to do is get out of the common area because right. that's the one, as we discussed in the episode, it's the scariest part. You're like in yeah, the yeah. it's gym class right. all over again. But yeah. I was fighting my instincts okay. and decided to hang out in the common Ooh. area for a bit. And so I walked around and got some uh first of all I watched this guy. It was <laughs> so funny. It cracked me up. So like there's this wall in the common area that it's like um promoting some new garb, like things you can buy. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, they they must just select it's either new ones or seasonal ones or featured because I remember yeah. that was when Gwen was talking about the shark hat. I think it was on there. Right. But a uh, scuba are, tank or scuba mask I think was y- one. Yeah. And so um 
you there was <laughs> this guy was looking at them and one was this like cowboy hat for like 2,500 coins or something. And he was like, this is a total scam. You know, he's just like <laughs> complaining about it. And then he's like, 2,500, like, you know, must, you know, what kind of a cowboy hat is it? And I, it was, <laughs> I was dying because I'm thinking, you know, that's how we talk about merchandise in right, general. Like and things. yet there are like, ca is... cowboy hats for like really expensive. And right. you're just like, what, why? And yet we will spend more money on it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for some reason that's even funnier to me in a digital world because it <laughs> looks, you know, kind of not that different from the other ones, which is the same in real life. But right. I don't know. So then he was <laughs> he was doing this thing where he would. So let's say there was like new eyeglasses and they um, would show those on the wall. He would move his avatar to like behind the eyeglasses so essentially okay. it would look like he had them on like he was trying them on and he would do this or like put his head under that cowboy hat to be like mm, how do i look <laughs> how do i look it's like take a selfie with it and i was like this is amazing oh, so wow. then then i retail um, therapy yeah so VR. i was like that person's hilarious like noted and then i uh went to the this vending machine and decided to get some water because nice. you can actually like yeah. hit the button some water comes out and then you can drink it now when that happened somebody Suddenly, the water disappeared immediately, and then I turned around, and some Somebody guy was chugging it. it. Then oh. I hit it again, and he stole it again. So he was, like, doing something weird where he was just, like, hazing me by stealing my water. Oh, jeez. So then I just turned around, and I said, hey, man, why are you stealing my water? And he was like, what? And then just, like, ran away. <laughs> It's like a scared mouse. <laughs> and I was like, well, that was Whoa, weird. I was that's like, interesting. I could like confront him on it. Well, I just thought like, why would I ignore this person? It's yeah. like confronting the bully. Just like, hey, man, why are you doing that? Like, let's talk about it. Do you need somebody to talk to? You know? Um, I feel like I mean, that's what that's... Katie Kelly taught us in right. episode one. It's like if somebody's burping, they're like, hey, man, can I get you some water? Like, yeah. what's up? <laughs> just address it. Like, yeah. call it out. Yeah. It's like where you can practice social skills, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so then that's eventually awesome. I was just kind of like, wandering around and the same guy who had been kind of cracking me up doing all of that like complaining about the merchandise but also trying it on and meanwhile by the way he had a super cool pirates outfit on oh like wow. definitely looked fancy i was like this guy has been in here for a while he's got some dough like he it was yeah. funny how i could tell <laughs> that he was like distinguished yeah, yeah he's a distinguished avatar <laughs> <laughs> you could see some status symbols right. on his, so, on his and then he like looked at me and basically invited me he's like hey you want to come to my dorm who wants to come to my dorm room and um <laughs> and i just like got a notification because you can see like he can when see my username you. yeah and he just like invited me to a dorm room and of course what immediately went through my mind is like oh my god like what's gonna happen in the dorm room <laughs> And then I'm like, Kelly, it's fucking virtual. Like, if it, anything goes wrong, you can leave. You leave the room, right? Or you take off the headset. Like, you're not literally physically there, where you're going to be like prevented from leaving the room, right? You know, and so which is actually kind of cool because that means you can like you're experiment. a little more empowered. You, you're a little more empowered. You can yeah. you can go to a dorm room without that fear. Um, not to say that there's no fear of like, I'm sure you could be emotionally so damaged by somebody. Or social right. awkwardness. And but um, but overall, it f I felt way safer yeah. to experiment with meeting new people and being like, okay, I guess I'll trust you. And so I went to this guy's dorm room and he had invited a bunch of people. Yeah. And so there were a few of us there and in his dorm room, he had created it. Uh, so that it, he had a pool table that he had built in, oh. in the downstairs. And then um, if you went upstairs, he had like a desk with a computer. And oh. he had um, a bunch of like 
weaponry and shields that he had created. Yeah. And um, so he's like, uh, you know, he had forged. Speaking of forging, <laughs> he, he had like, smith yeah, he's like room. a blacksmith and had made <laughs> all of these things. And he's like, check this out. Check this one out. Like this one was really hard to make. This this one is like, I'm most proud of it. The smoothness on it was like the hardest part. And I was like, huh. this is fascinating <laughs> um that's really cool and then i was just kind of walking around everyone's just kind of like messing with the different things then i was like um does anyone want to play pool with me and then uh a lot of them were like one second you know and then they're like yeah, yeah. sure yeah cool and so then like a bunch of us just stood around <laughs> we're like playing pool which uh, of course turned into like just uh, knocking the balls around well a bunch of like people i think it was probably guys but they were just like you know playing with the um, pool sticks and being like, look, I can like stab you with it. You oh, they're just poking <laughs> each other with pool sticks. Yeah, exactly. They weren't like poking me, but they're like, look, I can impale you. Is that funny? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and just like not in any mean way. Like they weren't right. like trying to be uh, it's just weird. all a novel just, experience. Yeah, like playing around, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was, first of all, like I felt. Um, Obviously, the whole time I'm feeling a bit like awkward, like, oh, what do I do? And how do I talk to them? And like, it was hard for me to be like, hey, does anybody want to play pool? It just felt like, do I do I talk? Yeah. Do I yeah. just look around? Like, <laughs> and honestly, like the same at one point, like some pool balls spilled. And I'm like, oh, I'll help you pick it up. Like, and literally, because he said he was like, oh, man, like, I'm gonna have to clean that up. Like, you can't just magically make them right. disappear. You have to actually go clean pick them, them up. And put them back on shelves or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, this is so weird it's so <laughs> weird and so then um eventually i was actually getting like a little sick from just like moving around right um, and you... i had been doing a bunch of stuff before that so okay. i think um it was just kind of a build-up that day right and um and so i eventually left and when i left the guy was like i was like hey guys like i actually i gotta head out but like see you later and he was like oh okay cool i'll friend you and he like you know did whatever he knows how to do where it's like you, uh, do, you just yeah, like, like in the menu you know thing. add it in the menu and um and i got the notification and accepted it and i was like okay bye you know mm -hmm. and then i just thought like i just made a friend yeah. i made a friend in vr oh my god good job yeah <laughs> now what was complicated is like so <laughs> so like I'll, I'll go to like a real honesty which i think is hilarious is like i was so freaking nervous about this whole experience that right. when this guy was like nice to me and then like um and making me laugh and invited me to his room i was like i think i have a crush on this guy <laughs> i was like i think i kind of like him now Whoa. of course as we're like you know obviously you know what i mean like in like yeah, just, yeah, yeah. so i um <laughs> So it's just thing already kind of having these like little feels of like you're back in school and like somebody's yeah, like, it's, somebody makes you feel comfortable and they're like paying attention they, to they you. They bring you into their club. Yeah, and yeah. Like, oh. And I was like, I kind of like this guy. Now, of course, what's going on in my head because of the way all of them were acting. I'm like, this guy's probably like 13. Yeah, yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> forging, forging swords in rec room. And I'm just like, oh, you know. Like, oh, Look God. at all these nice swords. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I'm not sure how much I, I <laughs> like about that. You know, the same thing as any online thing. You're like, yeah. what do I really know about them? Because I could imagine, obviously, they could we've talked about anyway. people falling in love in alt space and like getting married and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So like, that is kind of dangerous, you know, because you don't <laughs> you don't know their age, you know, unless yeah. they tell you or maybe you just like get a sense of it. Or You're also like, I mean, I'm assuming that you could hear their voices. Yeah, but you can't always tell. Yeah, that's true. So, um, when I, f it, that's interesting that you mentioned that. Cause when I first walked back into rec room, uh, like a month ago when I was jumping in with forest for the first time, 
um, we hadn't like you don't you don't whenever you jump in with a friend you can add each other but you don't automatically end up in the same space you have to like go to wherever they are yeah so I went into the rec room and I was like hey are you here and he's like no or I am in one but I don't see you anywhere and we were just in different instances of the rec room oh right right, right, right. you don't you, it's, yeah I've had that happen to yeah me. it's not right. literally all people in rec room in the yeah. same <laughs> gymnasium right yeah um, but I I was kind of walking around in there and uh, playing around like we were playing wall ball for a little bit and then this uh this random girl was like taking selfies with a big group of people all around her you could i could tell her voice she was really young she's probably like i don't know like 12 13 years old yeah um so like she's just with a bunch of these other probably kids um and like she's just walking around with this camera and just doing selfies with groups of people and she's like hey come over and like let's take a selfie and so i i take a couple pictures with these people these random people in here and it's just it was a much more positive and enjoyable interaction yeah uh than than i had had that first time i jumped into rec room right right when i was um when it was just a completely different thing and like right. encountered some hazing right off the bat yeah so it's it's just really interesting that you you can so easily end up with that full spectrum of interactions totally. from being hazed the moment you walk into the into gym class yeah. <laughs> on the first day of school to just randomly making friends with people out in the dodgeball area to like dorm room party and right. playing pool and seeing some kids sword collection <laughs> right well i also imagine that you gain some more confidence literally just from our conversations with Katie and like trying right. to do that I mean the fact that I turned to that person and was like hey man why are you why are you hazing me with stealing my water and he ran right. away you didn't feel quite as awkward about yeah you start suddenly start to be able to manage experiences better which is like the same way you would as you grow up in high school which right. is like you're not gonna be that shy freshman anymore who's like oh, my, they stole my water you know <laughs> You're just like, back off. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, my honestly, my conclusion, I'm going to keep I mean, I've promised as I did in that last, you know, two episodes ago that I would experiment more and face my fears in social VR. Yeah. And now I have my year theme of play. And I will definitely be going in more and sharing some of my experiences. I feel way better after this past one and definitely. totally see some of those benefits and I do have the like the challenge is helping me get into it but it's mm -hmm. also helping me learn why it's like if you spend more time with those same people or you really make those friends then that right. will bring you back in because you suddenly feel not alone when you go in there and you actually do kind of want to hang out with them and just like see what's up I don't know it's bizarre we should totally do a live streamed episode in VR Mm, yeah. I, well, love, I wouldn't even really be an episode at that point because it's like a totally separate thing right but like we should just i feel like it would be cool to just do a planned time when we're both gonna jump into rec room or all yeah. space or something and then just post and be like right. hey we're gonna be hanging out here for a little bit anybody that wants to jump in and join or whatever yeah yeah. Especially because you can do it on like computers and and yeah. When I was first uh, getting interested in VR, I was working in Atlanta, and actually, um, Sean Whiting, mm -hmm. Whiting, yeah, who works in rec works on Rec Room now. Yeah. Um, they were running a different company at the time that was a social VR experience, mm -hmm. and I found them and just like online and and I found out I didn't have a headset. I mean, it was really early on the game. I think consumer consumer headsets hadn't come out yet. So it was right. just like you had to They're have a developer edition. Kits. Right. And so uh, I was able to check out what they were doing in these like experiences like by the fire and all of that 
just from my regular computer uh, in Atlanta. And I felt like it gave me some connection. Like, obviously, it's not the same. But it did give me this connection to what other people are seeing. And it gave me like we were talking about in the beginning of this, which is like you go to YouTube and you check that out. Well, it starts like it might feel like it's not worth it at first. But it starts to connect you with those people and those experiences. Yeah. It really is a good way of like dipping your toe in and knowing what to expect. And I honestly was like happy that I went through that experience of just like, okay, I'm going to get on my computer, even though these people are in headsets and, you know, yeah. rec room. So the point is that many people could join us. And I think it is, there are definitely benefits to yeah. joining even when you don't have a VR headset. Yeah. I think the easiest way for us to do that would actually be to use something like Mozilla Hubs. Because with something like Mozilla Hubs, you just share a URL. Yeah. So, so we can post that online. Um, and have a planned time to do that and then just like throw out some some messages to people or Instagram or whatever the groups that we are on on Facebook yeah. and then just see who comes. Yeah. And it, it, it probably, maybe if we were lucky, it's just a few friends. Right. <laughs> and if we're really lucky, there's yeah, a lot of join. other people that jump right. in that we weren't expecting, um, right. which would be really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. I love yeah. the idea. So I think that's, to kind of close this out for today because jay and i gotta go yeah we're we gotta we're so late we gotta go meet up with some right people. now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, happens when we start talking yeah yeah mike if you're listening to this <laughs> Sorry, after mike. the fact this is why we didn't make it until a little yeah. later <laughs> um so what what things are on the top of your mind right now that you want to explore mm. in this medium going forward this year uh vr porn Okay. Um, Which is a very interesting one because there's not a lot of discussion about that. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a huge yeah. hidden part of the industry. That's one, yeah, that I don't know much about. But also, I just uh, we've gotten some interest in that from people who listen. And, yeah. and we've, we personally feel like it's not explored a lot because of its taboo stuff. Um, and I think in a way related to that, I mentioned like I'm fascinated by building relationships in VR and there's like a, you know, a small tie to obviously like social VR. And I mean, I know it might sound silly talking about porn and building relationships, but I do think like uh, if you think about like dating apps, I mean, that's right. obviously going to be a thing in, in VR. And yeah. so like that mix of social VR to dating to like sexual stuff. All of intimacy. that intimacy, building intimacy yeah. within VR definitely fascinates me and narrative in VR. Those are two Narr of the yeah. hot topics um, uh, that I would I would love to talk about and probably a bit more around education, maybe. OK. Yeah. What about you? Those are I, well, I definitely, of course, overlap on a few of those. <laughs> um, just generally like deconstructing the unhealthy or contributing to a healthier discussion. Um, and exposure around intimacy in general mm -hmm. is kind of a goal of mine. So exposing that a little bit more in VR because it's there um, and people just aren't talking about it that much outside of that space uh, is something I would love to spend some more time on. Um, also, I think more of the experimentation or sort of interesting uses of uh, or ideas in locomotion in VR. Yeah. Um, I would love to try to find more research that's being done on that, whether it's using uh, space that doesn't necessarily reflect um, the truth. Like, if you were going to hop into some sort of level in VR, you you wouldn't necessarily need the full amount of space that that level actually occupies for you to, to in real life, walk around full room scale 
and also be able to freely walk around in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a number of different ways people have gone about doing that thus far, um, but I would love to spend some more time actually focused on new ideas in locomotion yeah um bci is another area that i am personally Mm. very invested in brain computer interface yes uh general human computer interface but brain computer interface Oh, you guys i know we have to go but i have to tell this story i was like over at jay's a week or so ago and he had gotten this bci device to to mess around with the notion yeah specifically and he had coded this thing where essentially the BCI can detect how calm you are, essentially. Yeah, it's a device that you put on your head. It has electrodes that read your brain activity. You've seen this in movies and in people doing research, in like if any you have like little setting, nodes they, connected yeah. to your head, but these are like take-home ones. Yeah, it's a fully wireless and self-contained device. Right. And so there it could tell on a certain scale essentially how I'll call it how calm you are. Yeah. And the higher you went, the more calm that meant. Mm-hmm. And so Jay had coded something connected to that where if it's on your head and you uh get past a point, like you hit a certain point a certain of, threshold of yeah, calmness. Then, um, what would it do? It would say it, like, it literally was just uh, post like printing a message in a right. Well, pop. at first, you did, I think, oh, you were just gonna say, like, have it say hello, right? Yeah, it was just saying, like, you know, try or like try to focus or or focus on being calm, or, yeah, you know. And then, as soon as you pass that threshold, it would then print a new message. So the goal was just calm yourself enough to try to, right? And print for the some message. reason, I thought you had printed a different message, not hello, but like. Congrats, you're calm. Or that, yeah, like it did that. say you are calm. <laughs> okay, you are calm. Yeah. So uh, before we messed around with the coding part, like Jay hadn't told me about any of that. He's just like, just put it on your head and see how calm you get. And he noticed that I was hitting higher levels of calm than he was, which is he had <laughs> yeah. coded it so that it was kind of challenging. And he was like, oh, she's just like hitting this stuff. And I was like, I don't know. I'm just like a pretty Zen person. Yeah, you're just, just like kidding. expert I I, meditator. <laughs> right. Anyone, anyone who knows me would not say that I'm Zen. Uh, but for some reason in that moment, I was hitting these high levels. Yeah. And then of course, Jay's like, oh, I have this thing. And, you know, turns it into like a competitive game where it's like, okay, then if you hit that level, the thing will pop up. And at the time, I was also kind of like late for dinner. I'm like, this seems like a pattern between us. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, so I'm like running late and I'm like, okay, fine. Like, I'll just try it because it sounds fun. And I put it on and uh, I'm not hitting that same level anymore. And of hard course, time. it was like the same cycle. <laughs> I'm like, then it became like, okay, well, this is competitive because I'm like, crunched for time and i gotta hit that level and then anxiety enters and right and then in your head you're like calm be calm be calm, <laughs> calm <laughs> all down. of a sudden you can't be very calm yeah, and then and then my levels weren't as good so i never got it to print but yeah. holy crap that was so much fun and so fascinating so yes i can't wait to talk about more things like yeah. that so the the intersect with this uh and and vr or xr in general um i think for a lot of people is is clear but if it's not um, BCIs are rapidly becoming a new sort of uh, medium through which to interact with computers. Um, and that that the richness of that interaction and the granularity through which you can control different things that way just by getting your mind to do something intentionally is only going to become more powerful over time. So devices like the one that I have been participating in some early development with um, and others that are now on the market are all going to start becoming a new interface for XR and VR sort of experiences. 
the simplest thing that I can imagine is just trying to calm yourself while you have a VR headset on and one of these BCIs is reading your brain activity and you start to see the environment around you adapt and change according to your brain activity and your level of calm. There's already some experiences that do this. Helium uh, is one in particular that is a sort of meditation trainer um, that gives you direct environmental feedback based on your neural activity. Um, so it's it's a really cool area of exploration. There's a lot of new ideas coming coming there. So it, that's something I'm really excited about, and I want to explore more. And we are going to bring on uh, a few different people in the future that are expert in that area. Um, I'm looking forward. I'm looking at you, Sophia. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, that's I think those are main areas: locomotion, uh, BCI, and then narrative. I'm also very curious to just explore more. I feel yeah. like we haven't done that enough. Yeah, for sure. Which uh, all of that reminds me. So we have one more episode that's coming out that's dated. Kind of right. like Jay and I we're had done. Jay and I had done like a bunch of interviews and then worked on like getting those out, and we kind of alternated them and sometimes made a decision to spread them out for whatever reason that was. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we have newer things coming out. So um, we're very excited about that because we feel like we've learned a lot. We're excited to, to move forward and get some new things because two episodes from now, we do our first experiment with having two guests on at a time. Yeah. Which I'm really excited so for you guys awesome. to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very long one, so we'll see how that goes. Might have to split <laughs> that one up in two. Um, but uh, super awesome. And we're just like, can't wait to schedule more and, and figure all this out. Just get into new ideas. New yeah. Turf. So as we're thinking through these and finding people to talk to, please let us know any topics that you're interested in. We just shared some examples of what we want to get into. Right. Any specific questions, topics you're interested in, guests you think should be on. Absolutely. Anything like that. Message us on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, or through our our website. And right. so Twitter, we're rea- reality underscore quest. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Instagram, we are at Reality Quest Podcast. Yep. And our website is realityquestpodcast.com. Dot com. Dot com. And so, <laughs> just had to like compete with you there. Um, but yeah, so bottom line, we can't wait for more. We hope you guys are enjoying. We love any and all feedback. Um, and I think that's it because we got to go. Yeah. Let's close it out for today. Yeah. Thanks we'll for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.